Good morning. I'm going to steal your stand, Karen. We can share. It's all good. Um, well, happy uh, 2022, 2022, 2024. I don't even know what year it is. Sorry. That's good. Good way to start. Um, 2024. Man. You know, I, I was thinking in... Uh, with COVID, we lost a year, so I'm probably off anyway. Um, we're actually going to be talking over the next few weeks about uh, really a biblical uh, perspective on social media and uh, visiting with my son a couple weeks ago. And we were having that discussion, and that's where it came from, was part of our discussion about uh, really the effect of social media in our lives. And, and you don't have to be young for it to be an issue. And, and you can extrapolate uh, uh, media in general and then uh, just the worldly influence on, uh, on Christians uh, even more broadly. If uh, you don't see red flags... In social media, it's, it's probably just because you haven't looked. Uh, you don't have to go far uh, to see things that ought to concern you. Uh, in his Gospel Coalition article uh, called Social Media is a Spiritual Distortion Zone, uh, Ian Harbour uh, says this, People sometimes say social media is neutral. Uh, it's just about how you use it. This is false, according to Ian. As we learn more about social media's role in our national mental health crisis, it is increasingly clear this technology is anything but neutral. Social media acts as a spiritual and cognitive distortion machine that warps our view of reality and bends our will away from God. It's the systematic, corporately incentivized inversion of Romans 12, 1 and 2. Instead of our minds being renewed by the Spirit of Christ, they're shaped by uh, uh, algorithmically curated delivery of the particular patterns of the world that best play to our unsanctified device desires. They beckon us into conformity with the world by drawing our hearts and minds away from God. Now, I know that's his opinion, but there is uh, a lot of evidence to support that. The uh, National Library of Medicine, uh, in their article, uh, this is in June of 2020, uh, social media use and its connection to mental health uh, systematic review. Uh, they said social media are responsible for aggravating mental health issues. A number of studies have been conducted on the impact of social media, and it's been indicated that the prolonged use of social media platforms such as Facebook uh, may be related to negative signs and symptoms of depression, anxiety, and stress. 
And, uh, and then uh, another author, her reflection on her faith journey and its relationship to social media, uh, Lauren Heck, uh, in her article, Christ's Victory Over Social Media. And this was from November of 2023, which is just last year. Uh, I can imagine the gold mine Satan must have thought that he hit when social media was invented. What a boon to capture the unsuspecting hearts and minds of young people by stealing their most valuable possession, their attention. What Satan meant to distract me, she writes, and pull me away from the truth God meant for good that I wouldn't know the truth of the gospel. And so for her, social media was used to draw her to Christ. Uh, in a 2020 Pew research uh, found that 64% of Americans say social media has a mostly negative effect on the way things are going in the United States. And, and even with kind of all of that, in mind, and by the way, that's just like a snippet. There's there's so much evidence that uh, that it contributes to our mental health crisis in the, in uh, America. Even with that in mind, in August of 2022, a survey found that one in four members of Gen Z want to emulate the celebrities who make millions of dollars through brand sponsorship and advertisements. 16% of those surveyed said that they would pay money to become a social media influencer. A total of 1,000 a, uh, individuals in the United States between the age of 16 and 25 completed that survey. And so the results varied by region, which is kind of interesting. 40% of respondents in the West, that would be us, said they wanted to become a social media influencer. Uh, 33% in the Midwest, 36% in the South, and 39% in the Northeast. So that means of Gen Z, there was 40% that said they wanted to be a social media influencer. And you guys probably know more about that than I do, but literally they have so many followers on social media that they have sponsorships. Uh, and so uh, I'm not going to talk over the next few weeks and sound uh, like the cranky neighbor, right? Because that's what it's going to start to sound like. Like, wow, he's just, you know, get off my lawn. Um, and instead, uh, I want to understand this through the old adage, you are what you eat. Uh, but instead, it'll be in the context, you are what you read or watch or see. Right? And th that effect that that's going to have on us. So instead of seeing the world through, you know, the gospel, biblical lens as we ought, what ends up happening, we spend so much time on social media, we see it through an ideological lens, the ideologies that are found on social media. And those are what start to affect us. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to look at media. Uh, online and social media, specifically through the lens of a Christian worldview, right? How do we view social media? Is it a fun way to connect? Is it a valid career choice? I want to be an influencer when I grow up. 
Or, or somehow, is it a means by which to determine value? Uh, today, uh, just because I needed a title, uh, self-worth in the days of TikTok. My wife said, so are you going to do like a different? No, it's not really the point. Uh, the premise of TikTok seems fine. Right From their website, TikTok is the leading destination for short-form mobile videos, and their mission is to inspire creativity and bring joy. That sounds really nice. It is used by young people as an outlet to express themselves through singing, dancing, comedy, and lip-syncing, and allows users to create videos and share them. And some of you are like, I know TikTok, and that doesn't sound like TikTok. I'm just telling you what they said. But does it make sense that someone makes a silly video or dance or, or something else and others would then look up to them, right? Because that's really what ends up happening. Do they trust their views on products? And so the first thing we're going to talk about when we talk about social media is talk about self-worth. How do we, how we view ourselves, how we understand our value when so much of social media is about numbers of views, likes, shares, and followers. And so I would take you to Genesis 1, 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. Right there in Genesis 1 comes uh, the Latin phrase, imago Dei, it means the image of God. As in we are created in the image of God. This doctrine of the imago Dei, it, it, it was first uh, brought up by uh, Philo in 38 AD. He asserted that man was created in the image of God and obviously from Genesis 1. Arrhenius in 200 AD said man is a mixed organization of soul and flesh. It was formed after the likeness of God. And then uh, Augustine in 430 AD uh, said that uh, man was made in the image of the triune God, right? So continuing to develop that doctrine. And it's in the doctrine of the Imago Dei that human rights are established, Every human being ever has been created in the image of God and therefore worthy of respect. And we would say from conception to natural death. And this is why Christian churches have established educational institutions, medical care, foster care, adoption, advocacies for human rights around the world. And, and that list just continues to go on. That's the reason. And, and I realize the more, by the way, the more you look at the media and social media specifically, the more you get the impression that churches don't do that because it's a distortion zone. And in fact, in two weeks, January 21st is Sanctity of Life Sunday. And it's a day set aside specifically to reflect on the preciousness of human life. In light of Genesis 1.27 and John 3.16, that every human life is precious. 
And since we're created in the image of God, we need to recognize our self-worth in the eyes of God. That's where our worth comes from, not from the outside. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that if we would believe in him, we wouldn't perish, but have eternal life, right? It's based in God's love for us. God shows his understanding of our value to him. And this is his love for us. And that he loves us so much, he loves us as we are, but he doesn't want to leave us as we are. And you have value before you do anything, before you do anything good. In fact, what scripture says is that while we were still enemies, Christ died, right? We didn't have to do anything. We have inherent value as human beings created in the image of God because of God. You have value because of your creator. Imagine finding a painting at a rummage sale. You think you like it for the colors. Maybe there's a nice picture of some kind. And you think, I'm going to put it on the wall in the hall. Then you discover that it was painted by Picasso. Right? You're no longer going to put it down the dark hall. You're going to put it in a prominent place for everyone to see. Because it doesn't just have its value in the $10 you spent at the rummage sale. It has value because of who who made it, the artist that, that designed it. And you have value because of who created you. And your signature that he put on you, just like the artist, is that you were created in the image of God. King David seemed to understand this principle when he wrote Psalm 8. Starting in verse 5, yet you have made him, you God has made him, man, a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You've given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put him all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, all the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the sea. See, we're not just another animal. We're not just a a smart mammal. We are the only creature on the planet created in the image of God. We have inherent value because of our creator. And he created us in his image. So first of all, our value is established in creation. Right? God gave man dominion. Over all the other animals on land and sea and in the air, God gave us dominion of creation. And because humans have been given creation, uh, dominion over creation, we have responsibility for it. And so that's not an excuse to abuse it. It's a responsibility we need to take seriously. And so God did that for us. And that he doesn't just see mankind, he sees us as unique individuals. I love Psalm 139. It, it, it clearly shows that, that he doesn't just look out and go, wow, look at all those people. He looks out and sees each person. Psalm 139, starting in verse 13, for you form my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. 
I praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes are informed. Your eyes saw my unformed substance and your book were written. Every one of them, the days that were formed for me. When as yet there was none of them. When before I even was, God knew me. Then the uniqueness of each individual means that we are uniquely equipped to serve God. And, and, and how he made us and the events of our life are put together for us in order to better serve him. And it's the uniqueness when others see it that they label as different or not quite right. And that's the part that stands out in the media, in social media. And so let's be clear about something that should go without saying the cross shows how much God loves us, right? So our, uh, our value is established in creation and God loves us enough that on the cross, Jesus died. God loves us not based on our efforts, but because that's who he is. God who created the earth, who made it with just the right mass for gravity, who placed it just the right distance from the sun, who gave it a necessary satellite to make life possible. He gave it the tilt to allow the seasons and therefore growing seasons. God created the solar system, the stars, the galaxies, also designed cells and atoms and the weak forces and the strong forces. That same God loved each one of us, not just all of us, each one of us. And he laid down his life for his friends, as Jesus said, the greater love has no one than that. You see, that's the, that's God, and that's how he looks at each of us. That is not the impression you get in any form of media. And Jesus, when he was teaching his disciples in Luke 12, 6 and 7, are not five sparrows sold for two pennies, are not one of them are forgotten by God, right? Not even one sparrow is forgotten by God. Verse 7, why even the hairs on your head are numbered, fear not. You are of more value than many sparrows. Right? God has us all. Every one of us, he's got the hairs on our head counted. Some of you are thinking how that's easier now than it used to be. He cares for all of creation. How much more does he care for us? I know there's more and more sentiment that sees humanity as a, a blight or a burden on creation. It's just mixed up. Right? That humans are put here for dominion and that creation was actually given for human flourishing. And not the other way around. So why is there this confusion? Why is there an issue when, when we get to 
media in general, social media, why is there a confusion? The world is designed to introduce doubt. That's it, right? So, so media, social media by extension, it's, it's designed to compare and, and even more acutely contrast. That's why it's there. Right? How many, if you think about it, you saw something on social media this last week and went, wow, I wish I was doing that. That would have been fun. I would have liked to have gone there. I would have liked to have eaten that. I'd like to go do those kinds of things. How come they get to do that? Right? Well, all of those things I just said, they fly directly in the face of the fact that jealousy and envy are sin. But that's the design of social media. We're supposed to doubt, right? That's the point. We doubt our value. We doubt our purpose. We, we doubt our faith. That's what the world wants to do. Uh, C.S. Lewis wrote uh, the satirical novel, the screw tape letters, uh, and it, it's basically in the form of letters from one demon, Screwtape, to his nephew, Wormwood, who's tasked with tempting his patient towards Satan and away from God. And uh, if you've never read it, I will encourage you. It is worthwhile, and it's fictional, of course, so it's not as scary as I made it sound. It's actually kind of fun. And here's a, a quote from, uh, from Screwtape. Indeed, the safest road to hell is the gradual one, the gentle slope, the soft underfoot, without sudden turnings, without milestones, without signposts. Your affectionate uncle, who's a demon, Screwtape. Right? The idea is that, that if it could be gradual, if there's just a little bit of doubt then that's enough. That's enough that we would stop and doubt ourselves. The advertising industry says, well, you won't be happy unless you have this product. And the travel industry says you won't be happy unless you go here. If you just get away and there's always something, there's a new product. You need the newest thing. It's faster. It's better, right? There's always something that you don't have. Yet we need to remember John 10, 10. John 10, 10, Jesus says the thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And I have come that you may have life and have it abundantly. You see, that's so important that we remember what Jesus' purpose is. And it's not all the stuff or even the places to go. This is God's mission. Therefore, it is our mission. Our God-given mission gives us purpose. Greater than the need for human acceptance is the mission that we've been given. You and I have been given a mission and that's to be paramount. Peter uh, writing of this, 1 Peter 2, 9 uh, and 10 
but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you were not, had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. See, your purpose is that you would proclaim the excellencies of him who called you. That's your purpose. Then there's so many other things that would distract you from that. There's so many things that, that you would be like, you guys are familiar with the movie Up, the, the, the dog, Doug, he's hilarious, but he keeps getting distracted by squirrels. Now, I don't know about you guys, anytime someone in our family is having a conversation and gets distracted, somebody yells out, squirrel, right? Because we know it happens. This is easy. We get distracted from what God has called us to. And media and entertainment in general is really easy to get distracted. Don't miss what God has called you to. Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You are created for good works. It helps to think of our purpose, our mission is the same as Jesus's mission who came to seek and to save the lost. We must view ourselves and others as created in the image of God. Now notice I, I changed it there. It's not just you understand you have value in God's eyes, but, but that when you look around, not just in the room, when you're at work, at school, in your neighborhood, you're at the grocery store, when you're driving down the street in L.A. and you see people that are living on the street, these are people created in the image of God. And our job, our mission is the same as Jesus's. Luke 19, 9 and 10, Jesus said to him, today salvation is come. To this house, since he also is a son of Abraham, for the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. That's our mission. That's what we've been called to. To seek and to save the lost. So can't get around it enough. Right? Is TikTok... The, the enemy, I don't know, any more than any other distraction, any other squirrel that you would chase and would pull you away, distract you from what you've been called to. That you would set your minds on godly things. If maybe some of what we've talked about, I, I, I was really careful as I was going through this, I knew that it would sound very much like cranky old man mad about the new technology. I get it. I really do. Uh, I'm on social media. I was, I was tempted to counter it and go, okay, by the way, you could all follow me on these. So I was, I was tempted to, to just to get past that. Uh, Right, I, I'm I'm on social media too, and I, I love seeing uh, what some of you. I'm not 
those of you that I see your stuff, I love seeing those things. Uh, I love seeing my, my friends from high school that I don't see anymore, but I at least get to know things that are going on in their lives and my family that I'm not with every day, right? These are, these are good things. Uh, but don't get distracted because so much of what's out there, I, I, I watch young people. I spent um, the last few days at Universal Studios, so we're in hotels and, and restaurants and walking around the park and all kinds of things. And, and seldom did I see uh, not just a young person, but person in general with their phone out. And you know what? They weren't checking the map like I was. They, they, were, they were on social media even though they were at an amusement park. I don't know. So I will attempt to not sound cranky for the next few days as we go through talking about social media. But let's just start with the most important thing. You're created in the image of God. God so loved you that he gave his son who died on the cross that if you would believe And trust him, repent of your sins, scripture says, to turn from sin and to follow him. You'll be saved. You'll have everlasting life. I have some next steps today. Uh, First of all, I put on there that that maybe a next step today would be to memorize Ephesians 2.10. It doesn't have to be that verse, but maybe it's a good place to start, right? For we we are his workmanship. Created in Christ for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. If that's not one you have memorized, that would be a good place to start. Uh, Another one, uh, I'm going to change the way I value myself and others on SMP is social media platform. And IRL is in real life. I'm saying that if you don't know. I'm trying to be hip. I do what I can. Um, and then uh, I already mentioned it, but I'll add one. If you have not read the screw tape letters, uh, it is as, um, fitting today as it was in 1942 when it was written. And so I'd encourage you to put that on your, your reading list. It's a fairly quick read. So it's not like I'm giving you massive homework. Um, but I would encourage you in that way as well. Let me pray. Heavenly father. Lord, I thank you this morning for my brothers and sisters. I thank you for another year in which we can uh, be a part of your, your mission, participate in making disciples. Father, I pray for... really the influence of social media on uh, each of us, that it wouldn't be a squirrel that we chase. It wouldn't be the patterns of this world that distract us. My father, help us to see that clearly. And father, Some of the data that I I read from earlier, really talking about mental health challenges that at least in part might be due or at least correlated to social media. 
And Father, if anyone here is, is struggling in that area, that you would be at work in their life, that you would give them hope, that we'd know exactly uh, what steps to take in a way that would honor and glorify you. And Father, I do pray as we uh, look over the next few weeks, give us understanding, give us courage, help us to be more like Jesus every day. In his name we pray, amen.